Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather Ely. And I am Veronica Ely. We are recording out of Binghamton, New York today. Yes, we are. And it is a beautiful day. The fall foliage is in full bloom. And the weather's perfect. It's nice and warm. So, uh, yeah, a lot's happened, as always, and since we last joined you. Um... One of the main things that, that happened is that Eminem made a video. And the video, he was in a cipher where he dissed Donald Trump. Um, and there's been all kinds of reactions to it. Um, there's like three different perspectives. One, there's the people who are, are, love it and applauded him and are like, great, awesome, he's dissed Trump. Then there's the people that are Trump supporters that are like, you know, posting these stupid, ridiculous videos of like <laughs> rednecks making replies and are like, this guy owns Eminem. And I'm like, are, do you really believe that? Because if you do, you are a moron. Um, yeah. Billy in the backyard is not owning Eminem. It's tragically Sorry. comical. Um, and then you have people who are Trump Support. You have people that were Eminem fans that are Trump supporters that are like, you know, turning on him, of course. Then you also have people that are against Trump, but are mad at Eminem or are mad about the fact that people are paying attention to Eminem because Eminem, because he's white and he shouldn't and just the whole, you know, if you're white, you shouldn't be able to speak out and you shouldn't be praised for speaking out, which I take the Willie D approach and that shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Get over yourself. Uh, Eminem should be applauded. Anybody who speaks out should be applauded, yeah. regardless of the color of their skin. If I'm they not speak gonna out pick and choose and say no, sorry. It, it, it comes in that whole thing like you can't praise your oppressors, and I'm like, well, you know, I I'm not trying to co- totally invalidate the that idea, but uh, Eminem is not my oppressor, and I would gladly accept his. Um, I gladly accept anybody who's going to speak out in in something I agree with. So I don't care if he's white. Yeah. You know, it's that whole cultural appropriation things, which to me, it's it's just it's just OD to me. And it's annoying. Like I, I get, there's certain times where I there are things that I'm like, yeah, that's appropriating, M- meaning like, uh, you know, if you're Iggy Azalea, who grew up Australian and talked Australian your whole life and was this little white girl, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, let me pretend to be like I'm from the hood. You know, I get it. I mean, I don't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I think you look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, Or if you're, you know, a white guy with dreadlocks who I don't give a damn because people are like hair. You can't appropriate hair. Hairstyles come from all over the places, and if we're going to talk about that, then everybody appropriates everybody. Um, but like a white guy having dreadlocks, it, it, for any reason, I don't care about. Now, appropriation would be if all of a sudden the white guy decides to start dressing like he's from Jamaica and talk, trying to talk in fake patois, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for some kind of social gain, then okay. But it's just this, the whole – I'm like, shut the fuck up to some of these people because – 
there there's people a difference between wanting to see solutions and change for progress and some people who just love to watch the world burn so they can bitch about it yeah like let's let's bash every white person who who speaks on our behalf because you know if people pray we can't praise you like get the fuck out of here like Eminem is undeniably one of the greatest MCs of all time. Like him or not, he may not be your favorite MC, just like some people don't like Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. There are people who don't like Michael Jordan, but he is undeniably one of the best NBA players ever to play the game, arguably the best. Eminem is undeniably one of the best MCs ever to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's had a very successful career. He's not hurting four fans. And if anything, him doing this might actually hurt him because he just marginalized a huge population of his fans yeah he straight up said if you support donald trump i don't want your support that you know he drew a line in the sand and said i don't want you so and he did something with trump supporters that our own president couldn't do with his own white supremacist supporters so me i'm like like more power to you like amen and and another thing is like it's not a band like this isn't a bandwagon like this isn't the fun side of history to be on so like Eminem isn't gaining some weird you know like there's not much to gain obviously there are people praising him but there are more people in this country who are gonna hate him for it so I don't I just don't buy this whole publicity self gain BS. I'm like, let the man, you know, express himself. And if that expression is something I agree with, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that. Um, BS headlines. Uh, this one, I don't know necessarily is a BS headline so much as is a misrepresentation. And this is the thing about Trump calling. Uh, Trump thinks the the or what does it say? Trump thinks there is a president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And based on what I saw, it looks like he just misspoke. And I think there are plenty of valid reasons to criticize this guy. Plenty of things that need to be, he definitely should be criticized for. But this is just, you know, this reminds me of when the conservatives put out that clip and be like, Hillary says she's going to raise taxes on the middle class. Mm -hmm. And they have that clip of her, which clearly she misspoke. That's not what she was intending to say. You know, it bothers me because when you do shit like that, it waters down the viscosity of the real reasons you need to fight yeah. this guy and criticize him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Um, anyway, so today we're we're gonna be talking about mental illness. Um, it's a it's an issue that is very prevalent in our society it's debated in a little aspects and it has impacts in many different ways um so that's what we're going to talk about today yes uh the national mental health or not mental health uh suicide prevention or suicide awareness awareness month was this past september it's september but um uh, my opinion is every month is Suicide awareness and uh, mental health awareness month. So, you know, it's not something you should just talk about when it happens. So. Okay. So. The one plus one equals two. What is mental illness? 
Mental illnesses are health conditions involving changes in thinking, emotion, or behavior, or a combination of these. Mental illnesses are associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities. Um, MDG says this. Um, man, in this, I feel like in this day and age, mental illness is so relative. It's so broad. There's so many different... Um, there's so many different... Uh, types of things that are disorders of the mind mm -hmm. and there's different levels to it there's something as small as this basic anxiety where you know you find a natural way to deal with it or and or or uh, some people take medication for it yeah so and it's a touchy it's a very touchy uh it's a touchy topic especially with, when it comes to things as far as how people are affected by it. um suicide obviously which is a big part of our our discussion today um, There's a stigma, the stigma attached to it. Yeah. What does it mean if you, you know, you say you have a mental illness or you suffer from mental illness? Mm -hmm. How yeah. does it affect your your personal life, your work life, your social, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's had s dealt with mental illness my whole life, as far as like being affected. Uh, by family members with mental illnesses, uh, been have dated people with mental illnesses. I consider myself to have my own conditions that are forms of mental illness, although manageable, and I'm a very self-aware person. So, yeah, on that topic, uh, on that note, uh, we'll introduce today's guest, uh, one of my longtime friends and comrades, uh, former uh, member of, of of the family house mob group we had back in the day um he's a on-air personality at wglb a writer a vocalist uh producer you name it he's he's a musician and a philosopher so uh welcome to the show uh devin wright glad to be here thank you matt veronica how are you guys good we're good, good. we want good. we want to talk about this because it's near and dear to our hearts um, as well. and uh, I think we're just all about dispelling the the stigmas and trying to make it something that's more accessible to to be discussed I agree so Devin uh, let's talk about talk about some of your own experiences uh, with mental illness well you know okay I don't ever, I don't ever fear talking about this. I tell everyone about it because I feel like people should be aware of whatever. You know, I have an older brother <clears throat> and my mother, and they're both schizophrenic. You know, this has happened over the past ten years, but you guys know me. My brother's been sick for way longer than that. So, <clears throat> what I'm saying is, I see, you know, when I look around, you know, in the area where we grew up. I see this, I see that mental illness here, especially is very comfortable. Like it found a seat, you feel me? So I look around and, and I wonder why, like, why is that? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, we're underserved, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no doctors. It's like two doctors here to serve the whole uh, Medicaid population. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's like the poor, you know, the people who have, you know, health insurance. So like that's what two doctors for for how many people? Yeah, thousands, mm -hmm. thousands. You know, it's it, it's hard to get help, and 
like you said, I, I think we all you gotta be a little crazy to live here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just you just manage it. Yeah. Um, but but I don't know. Where do you want me to start? So like, I, don't, uh, I can't. I don't have. I don't have the the solution. Um, <laughs> that on that uh, a lot of times you and this is the same thing with any sort of healthcare in America. You have to be your own advocate as far as a treatment you get, and um, when it comes to mental health the doctors are so likely to just prescribe you something. Uh, as a kid, I had a prescription for Zoloft. when I, w- I was 15 years old when I had my first Zoloft prescription. Um, and I didn't have any sort of testing, no evaluation. It was I got taken to the doctor and my parents said to the doctor that I needed something to balance out my mood. Mm-hmm. And so I had a prescription for and for an antidepressant for years. Damn. So that's that's when, and and that now as an adult I am able to advocate for myself. So I I choose not to. But so say you're a mentally ill person and you're suffering and you, maybe you aren't strong enough to be your own advocate and you go to a doctor and you've already you've already stated how underserved our area is, yeah, yeah. and your doctor just prescribes you a medication because. If you're one doctor serving how many people, isn't it going to be easier to just say, here, we'll, you know, we'll, mo- we'll um, monitor your medication mm-hmm. and we'll alter that? Part mm-hmm. of it, too, like, you know, to play devil's advocate, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to find your cocktail. Like, the human brain is complex. Like, I just showed you that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, really, it's just like, it's like a gamble with mental illness until you find your drug. You right. Know, the one that balances you back out. Not with my mom, that took forever. We went through like pseudo Parkinsonism. Mm-hmm. She was like shaking all over the place. And I had my family members telling me, yo, she's deteriorating. And then I have to explain to them, no, it's the medicine. And why do I even have to explain it to you? Where were you when the shit was happening? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it becomes like this vicious cycle. And another thing with, with my mom, especially, she's from old school Greece. If you say somebody's schizophrenic, that means something terrible. Stay away from them. Mm. But now, with science, we know it's not. It's a mental. It's a. It's some kind of balance. You know what I'm saying? Based on our, envi- our mm-hmm. environment, mm-hmm. the water we drink, the food we eat. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's more likely what's happening. Right. If you yeah. ask me, and there's nobody to treat it. So what? Yeah. And and you clearly you have been involved and you've been advocating for your mother's health. Right. So my thing is like, what about all of the people who don't have someone right. to do and that for them? Right. And all the time. What if they didn't have me? And exactly. They'd been on the street. They'd have lost their house. You and know? and this is where I think so- socially this this negative stigma um falls mm-hmm. is that if you're asking for help, you're weak. If you never get help, there's something wrong with you. And um, it, and mental illness is the root of so many issues: homelessness, mm-hmm. um, g- drug addiction, crime. All you know when people look at homeless people on the streets and say, "How? How? I just can't imagine." I just just had this conversation. I just can't imagine. Like, how do you get to that point? And I'm like, they're they're they are suffering from a mental illness, and that's not it's not a cop out. It's it's mm. that's just the pretty much that's what causes it. And allows people to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's thousands of people who don't have a family member to even, to right. even, you know, give a damn pretty much. No, it's true. And part of it is denial too. 
like mm-hmm. trying to recognize what's going on. I don't like need how, help. How can you? No, but how, even that. But how can even you like talking to your person? That's the strongest person you know. Mm-hmm. This person raised you. How could they be losing their mind? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, you have to accept that within yourself. I tried to argue my mind back to reality like a hundred times. Yeah, almost broke my own brain. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Before I was like, all right, you know, we're going to the hospital. Like this is not. Yeah. This is obviously not helping. You know. You know, I want to I want to go back and uh, touch on something that you that you were talking about, and that's about medication, because medications and the pharmaceutical companies and the over, um, you know, I feel like it's another one of those downsides of capitalism. Um, and once again, I'm not anti-capitalist, but realistic that without checks and balances, you have these problems. Mm-hmm. Back to what Veronica was saying with, you know, unfortunately, so so we know there's always a discussion. There's people that are like doctors and medicines are the devil. They just want to push pills on you and you can't trust them and da, da, da. And so what ends up happening is a lot of people that need treatment don't get treatment because they're scared of doctors. Right. What I've realized is that doctors are like any other profession, like law enforcement, teachers, mechanics, whatever, you name it. People that you have good doctors, you have good mechanics, you have good teachers, you have good police officers. Mm -hmm. And these are usually people who didn't get into their profession solely for the purpose of job security people that are actually passionate about this particular field. So they dedicate their lives to being the best they can be at it. Right. And so when it comes to mental illness, there are like, I'm a a firm advocate of therapy because I know from my own experience that it works. I I honestly, if I didn't go through certain forms of treatment and, 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 and therapies that I went through in my life, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now and I'm doing okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm not where I'm, where I want to be yet, but I'm doing okay. I just want to add that the music is a lot of therapy too. Don't forget. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's many different forms of therapy and, and and I do agree that some things can be treated naturally. What happens is when you get a bad doctor or a shitty therapist that become these mills, there is, there really is a conspiracy. Like it's not, there is a conspiracy and you, any person with brains can study the structure of how, pharmaceuticals like many other corporations and manipulate certain policies and you do you get these doctors that don't like you said didn't do any test on you Mm -hmm. and i've had that happen to me i i had at one point i went to see a therapist and i had a good therapist and then i got another therapist who clearly was a shitty therapist like i'm talking to him about things that i know about myself already and i could see that what he was doing was he was kind of going through the checklist of oh this is our procedure and he he was and i was talking to him about my add and i was like you know i'm you know i would consider based on my own research this particular treatment but i need to know like what i would need whatever and instead of him looking at it he's like oh no that can be that could be highly addictive, but how about this? I let's try this anti-anxiety medicine, and then this, and it starts going down the checklist. And I, and I was just like, no, <laughs> like, 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 no, nah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know myself enough, and have been dealing with this enough, and seeing other people to know what my issues are. However, there is a lot of people who just know they need help. They go see a a a, a, a physician or someone for treatment, and they just. Here, take this pill and take that pill when that person might not need that pill. That being said, just like you said, there are certain people who have chemical imbalances in their heads. Mm -hmm. And there are some of these medications that people 
who dedicated their lives, scientists or whatever, to figuring out that this treatment works for that. Mm. And those people do need, there are people who need medication. There are certain medications that work and certain cocktails of medication mm. that work. But back to what you said, the lack of yeah. quality mm. care providers. Like, it, it, just anybody shouldn't be able to be a doctor, in my opinion, just because you went to school and got the degree and got the paper. Any more than anybody should be able to be a mechanic, a cop, a teacher, right. or whatever. I always ask people, like, from my barber chair, you know, like, college students. I'm like, are you in it? You know, and a lot of them be like, yeah, I'm going to make bank, bro. Like, those are the guys you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They don't even care what they're studying. They just know they pick the thing that's going to make them money, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like somewhere, though, like on the on the beginning of their life in that spectrum, their parents shouldn't have done that to them. You know what I'm saying? And should have told them, yo, it's OK to, you know. Well, um, on the medication, a lot of uh, like you, the side effects of many like psychiatric drugs yeah, are suicidal thoughts, yeah. uh, homicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, people there are so many people who kill themselves or kill others shortly after beginning or ending a prescription for psychiatric drugs and that to me because I rem I remember how I felt when I first started taking that prescription and I cried for four days and I had, I had no idea what was happening to me like I said I was 15 years old and I had started taking this medication and I just remember crying non-stop I wanted to die and after the fact you know I w woke up on Monday morning like what the hell did I like what just happened? And I thought that was normal for me. You know, I just thought, you know, this is the type of person I am, whatever. And in the course of after I me taking that prescription after that initial hurricane, I felt nothing. I couldn't cry. I just was like, I, I no longer had those ups and downs and, you know, all the things that were uh, we were trying to fix, but I couldn't feel anything at all. Mm -hmm. And so I just whenever I, you know, melancholy and, and like and that's like I'm not like there are totally there are definitely scenarios, especially when it comes to depression and anxiety where you medication can help you. But I think that people are not prepared for that, that possibility that your emotions are going to go haywire. And that's when people kill themselves because they cannot take it. And that to me is scary because your doctor doesn't tell you like if you feel like you know like you're, you're not ready for it it's like this medication is going to make things better for you mm -hmm. and that's what you expect so when i hear somebody kills themselves three weeks after starting a prescription i'm like that that's what i'm afraid of when you know when i have a friend who tells me like you know i think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get some help i'm like just be careful because i know from experience that there are so many people who don't it's like uh Sometimes, too, like the doctors, they have like disclaimers, you know, the, the, the benefits outweigh the risks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm giving you this med because actually it's going to reconnect your, your brain to how it's supposed to be. But you're also going to have this, this and this wrong with you because of it. So mm -hmm. it's like a trade. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem like the communication is there as a, you know, as as a society. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, so um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but my father was diagnosed schizophrenic and he suffered by, from mental illness. But his mental illness uh, came from drug use. And that's another thing to talk about. Like a lot of mental illnesses are triggered as a result mm -hmm. of drug abuse that damages your brain. Speeds it up. Uh, schizophrenia is extremely common with people who abuse cocaine mm -hmm. uh, because of what it does to your brain. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's what happened with my dad. I remember watching my dad start to lose his mind. And um, it was crazy because speeding forward to when he finally got treatment. When he first, would, they were trying to find his medications. I remember he would be on the medications. And one of the side effects is he would just sleep. He would just be tired and drained all the time. My dad was a pretty energetic guy, usually, um, as he was trying to find these different, these uh, different, um, you know, the right medication for him. And it was a struggle and it was tough on the family. But the reality is it was necessary because the out the other side, when he wasn't on the medication, um, was he was hearing voices that were telling him if he didn't leave his family that they were going to come kill us and running off down the street and like completely losing his mind. Um, so when I saw that, Eventually, they found a medication that 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 worked for him. That he he didn't hear the voices. Uh, he was more stable. Um, he was able to work. Um, he didn't go back to work doing what he what he did, which was sad because he my dad was a genius and he went from a job using his brain as a computer programmer and operator to having to work, um, you know, other jobs. Which for him, luckily for him, my dad was gift. I've said this before. He was one of the the the, the uh, most uh, amazing people people persons that I've ever met. So he was able to work in sales and and make a a lot of money doing it. But without the medication um, that he was on for his mental illness, um, we probably would have lost him a lot sooner than we did actually lose him. For sure. You know what I mean, and and we we discussed that in the addiction episode. What actually led to us losing him, but we would have lost him sooner had he not been on the mix. So I do believe that medication works, and I've also I, you know I've been with people that are like there's just there's those certain orders like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or ones that are chemical imbalances where like those people need to be on medication because if they're not, the, the results are just dangerous. Mm. Yeah, then you do have those situations where. The overdiagnosis, right. where because you have those situations, doctors are physically, oh, you must be, you do this. Here, try this pill, right. try that pill, try, you know. And, and here's the thing, like, you, the mental illness is this massive umbrella. And I think that when people suffer, there are, like, there are many people who are suffering from just, like, depression and anxiety. That's, like, the problem, I, I would say, the most common thing. Um, and then they are not going to get help because... We have like well, like I mentioned before, the stigma about having a mental problem, mm-hmm. and when we yeah. think about people with schizophrenia, or we think about, um, you know, people, you automatically picture somebody who's like a you know a crazy person walk around barefoot with like a, a bathrobe on or something, mm-hmm. and it's like normal people can have these things happen to them, mm-hmm. and just because you suffer from depression, it doesn't make you crazy. And, and here's like men, like men in America, men, um, die by suicide 3.5 times more than women. And, um, I think that it's, it's because men aren't allowed to have feelings. And we have this, um, this like masculinity complex where it's like you, I think that many people, many men just, um. They hold in their pain their whole lives and then they get to a point where 
they you, they can't ask for help and they you never never talked about it and then that's when suicide happens and so i think that every person needs some form of mild therapy i i think generally in our lives anybody needs therapy and um this this stigma that we have around the mental illness in america and then that that toxic masculinity is what is allowing it to go unaddressed and to the point where you know you have somebody um killing themselves before they even you know tell their spouse that they're suffering yeah there's a lot of pressure too it's just a lot of pressure just like women have pressure you know there's a lot of pressure to be a man you know, yeah to to you know to do all these things before a certain age mm-hmm. or, you know the happiness limit is, is yeah 30. yeah if you don't do everything before 30 mm-hmm. like you ain't you ain't nothing well you know? when you're just a, like from the time you're a little boy it's you know be a man man up don't don't act like a baby no boys don't cry don't act like a girl so you're yeah i mean uh, more than just that though it's it's broader than that it's also has to do with economic class mm-hmm. race class for, for, for there's two things aside we'll start with people of color in the black community in black house for a long time mental illness people didn't address it they were just like oh especially for working class black people that's it's what happened to my family like my my dad's mom they didn't want to hear it because it was a stigma when you're a proud and you had to work hard for what you have you don't want to address those things and even in uh like in 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 poor black communities what unfortunately happened is society didn't care that's why the prisons are full of clearly mentally ill people Mm -hmm. of color that are like nah you're just it's in your nature to be that way Mm -hmm. where usually when a white that's why like when we see when a black a person of color does something they're like they're a thug they're a terrorist or whatever when a white person oh he was mentally challenged and mentally Mm -hmm. ill then there is the class situation i know this from experience from being with someone who is mentally ill diagnosed mentally ill on medication for being mentally ill and because they were in a social circle where their mental illness was not convenient it was there was our family suffered me and my family suffered bad from it because there was things that this person was clearly doing that were a result of mental illness that the people in their support circle were not addressing because it was inconvenient for them so Mm. instead they were like oh yeah yeah that happened you know these fabricated things that you're coming up with really happen and reinforcing it and reinforcing it Mm -hmm. and 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 it was sad because it ended it it ended in uh what's the word i don't traumatic's not it was devastating it was devastating to my family and 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 thank god like it came back but it had a, 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 a devastating consequences um and, and and people go through these things and, and a lot of people are un- not fortunate enough to be able to come back if it weren't for me and my family and enough people that were aware of the situation I, who knows what what my situation would have been mm-hmm. or how i would have came back but there are there's people that end up in these situations and don't have Here's that scenario like you know how we were talking about earlier no one to speak for certain people mm-hmm. right you were saying no one no one to stand up and speak for them I had a guy in particular in my barbershop over the summer. I've known him for years. I've known him for 20 years. I knew him when he wasn't sick. Now he is sick, you know. He When he first came home from the hospital, I let him come around my shop. You know what I'm saying? I let him hang out. And he's, you know, he's kind of medicated. I can see it, you know. But he's telling me it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So slowly, the medication drips out. You know what I'm saying? Slowly, 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 he gets more angry. You know what I'm saying? 
and eventually gets arrested because he hurt like a little kid. You know what I mean? But the point is, he's actually treated mentally ill, but he's on mobile patrol, and it says that nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And that's not fair to me because, mm-hmm. like, you know, to, to us in our community, we know who he is. But, you know, to the rest of the community, he's just a black dude monster. Huge, huge guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and, and it's not fair. And that and that goes, you know, that goes all the way around, you know. And and same thing, too. I got to no, I gotta go. Um, I just want to say this. I also believe that the whole idea uh, around people in the hood who, who hustle and sell drugs and everything and think that that's all they're ever going to do is a mental illness on some level in itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It very much is, yo, because you know those people that believe that that's all they have. Mm-hmm. If that's a belief, that's no more no more different than a, than a religion. Yeah, you mm-hmm. met, you met, a lot of people can be mentally enslaved because they trap themselves, which I could be... Conf- Underserved. Yeah, could be considered a form of mental illness. But the, right. the one thing I'll say about mental illnesses and disorders is there are the things that are permanent conditions as a result of brain damage or ge- chemical imbalance or genetic and then some things that are temporary states like bouts of depression or things that you can change simply by changing your environment Be- behavioral there are behavioral therapies mm-hmm. and then and and things that you got it's upkeep you got to keep up on it consciousness yeah and that's some like for for me like and i and i only advocate for myself to my choice to not to to not use medication but to supplement with other forms of therapy you know like physical mental um nat you know nat, like i use the essential oils uh meditation reading books those are things i have to do that every single day mm-hmm. and that's the difference between taking a pill mm-hmm. versus choosing not to is like it's it's upkeep and mm-hmm. if you slap if you, if you slip then you're gonna find yourself back oh I, you know i'm going through it again Oh, yeah. And so there's another thing I want to touch up on in this discussion, Melons, before we before we wrap up, and that's suicide. Um, so I'm the first person to I, I'm a I'm like I said, I'm a self-aware person and I like to hold myself accountable and push myself. I have in the past and usually generally speaking, I'm a judgmental person when it comes to suicide. Like anytime I hear about someone killing themselves, it's like I get anger and I'm always like, I've always looked at that person as being selfish. And I've always looked at like, it's such a selfish thing to do, to, to, to leave your people alone. Um, it's weak it, it, because I always look at myself, man. Like I've lived through hell and back. I've yeah. been to the point where I understand why someone would want to take their lives, but I think about my kids and the people I'd hurt and I don't. I remember a younger and, version of myself like that. So I would think like that. And then, but checking myself and being honest with myself that I feel that way. I also am like, so I need to broaden the way I think Mm -hmm. and understand something. There was a video and you saw, we shared it from our page today from Buzzfeed uh, about a guy who had, he'd survived jumping off the golden gate bridge. And (laughs) yeah, he was one of the 1%, you know, like, so 10 people out of, or 20 people out of the 2000 people who have, jumped off that bridge have survived 2,000 people have jumped 20 people have survived um so and and he really shed light and you think about it the problem is it is a mental illness the person convinces themselves that their family is be- they they're not thinking the way I think mm-hmm. the way I think is like yeah this pressure's here oh I wish I could just off myself that's a right. selfish thought, right. but I'm not going to because my family needs me. To. When people get to, a lot of the times, and not all the time, but a lot of the times when people get to that point where they're going to jump off a bridge or put a gun in their mouth or intentionally kill themselves, 
they have convinced themselves that they're they are a burden to their family that their family is better off without them there is a the brain turns on them mm. and their reasoning and logic of purpose of being here is not there anymore to where they're convinced that the best thing they can do for themselves and everybody else is is to take their own life uh yeah i yeah uh, like no I, I think that there's um thinking deeply and like complexly about where um someone is is emotionally mentally when they do decide to take their own life is that's important and uh i think shaming shaming people after they kill themselves it, it's not uh that's not productive for society it's not it it's hurts the family more than anything and um i think that when like we as individuals react in that way like if it's someone close to us a lot of times that's also a defense mechanism of i would rather be angry at this person than i than i would um feel sorry for them you know so um that's something that as a community we have to work towards also um changing the way that we look at people who commit suicide and changing the way that we talk about it in order to make take steps to prevent it right. um you know so i agree with that and i think too there's um there's the topic of just accidental suicide i know so many man just ods mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't even want to die you know but they had a problem they stopped they stopped taking the drugs wait a little while and then have a relapse mm -hmm. but they go right back to the amount of drugs that they were taking you know yeah at and their highest you can't point, do that you know and they just die you know like one kid i cut his hair like the next day he was dead you know yeah it's crazy somebody was like like a bunch of people were like yeah we could tell he saw you at the funeral you mm -hmm. know like we could tell oh. he saw you the next day you know what i'm saying he had fresh fade he went out with the fresh fade yeah you know what i'm saying so there there's so many reasons <laughs> there's so many factors in there um it's not just one thing and it and here's this is this is my thing it suicide can happen to anybody any anybody so it there is not you cannot see it you know you can't say that person is going to or not going to or that person would never you you, you can never tell yourself you know why well, i know that he would never do it um it's something that you, there needs to be an open door of communication you need to um be you know be available to your family members and your friends and be just be honest and open and to to try and say like look i don't expect anything of you i think that's the biggest thing when you have these expectations of people to be a certain way or to be strong um you know I, that that's that that's what causes people to feel like you know they don't have any other outlet mm. so yeah like anything communication honesty um awareness is mm. my yeah, I would definitely I encourage plug. people to, you know, to look deep. Um, there, this is, uh, what was it, Lo uh, Logic? Or, you know, uh... The rapper? God, the song about suicide. I, I'm looking, can you pause it? Oh, Lil Uzi Vert. God, uh, the suicide, I'll be on alone. I'm going to take my time. Oh, I have like I I, oh, I know uh, Louis Khalid. got some song that sounds like, or something like where that. he's uh, like, "Oh, my friends are dead." Like, no, no, uh, no. So, no. That so sounds like suicide he to me. He did it. They, he performed it, and he. I feel like I'm out of my Yeah, mind. I feel like my life ain't mine, and the I don't oh, want to be alive. Uh, the suicide yeah. hotline. Okay, yeah. 
the suicide hotline. There is a suicide hotline. Um, it is 1-800-273-8255. And that's also a Logic song. Loved his performance he did at the VMAs. Um, there is a hotline. There is help. And um, I just, if you feel like you're hurting, talk to somebody. Um, you can talk to me. <laughs> Uh, if you want to call in or not call in, uh, email, uh, tweet us, send us a message on Facebook. Uh, we are on Facebook at telling it like it is official radio show. You can send us an email at T I L I talk radio at gmail.com. And we are on Twitter and, uh, Instagram as well. It's mm -hmm. at, at Tealy truth radio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Devin, thanks for being with us. What do you got going on? Anything? Well, I just want to say about you guys first that I'm very happy. You guys are very philanthropic in your nature, mm -hmm. and there's no propaganda behind this. These these are friends of mine, and they actually care about what's going on in the world, and so do I. With that being said, a message from the universe. Your boy Dev Wright will tell you to look inside of you for what the answers are. You know what I'm saying? They're not anywhere external. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm commented on meditation yeah people talk about that like it's a luxury mm. it's not nope it's necessary mm. you know what i'm saying it's necessary for you to go inside yourself and see and some people don't want to know what's in their head mm -hmm. so they just fill it with external stuff what yeah mm. in there are the answers to what you what, what you need you know and i found that late in life but i'm still on the mission i'm on it mm. you know and i'll be here probably to like i'm 118 yeah know? i want to see <laughs> flying cars and you know stuff like that amen but this is a passionate topic, and I appreciate you guys giving me the platform because, you know, who knows this, who this could reach, and, you know, we are ultimately the same. You know, we all have similar identities, and you're not alone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No. And where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, EvangelosDev, E-V-A-N-G-E-L-O-S-D-E-V. Don't be surprised if I don't post nothing. I don't like the window into my world. But I do like <laughs> laughing and stuff like that. So I'd be Slide into the DM. No, I'm just kidding. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> any, any, you got anything coming up you want people to check out? Um, you know, just listen to the radio, man. You know, listen to 93.3 if you're in the area. It's a new station. That's in the, Binghamton, in the Binghamton market. If you're in the Binghamton, New York area. Yeah, you know, listen on. I'll be doing some, you know, creative advertising. And we have a good time. Other than that, yeah, maybe some music in the future. Cool. Maybe so. not. <laughs> ah, I hope so. We need, the world needs to move some more stuff. New stuff. All right. Thank you for thank listening. You and uh, if you want to be a guest to our show or have any questions, comments, concerns, as always, send us an email. Telling it like it is is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, Zara Vignola, and a special thanks to Maddie Ely for handling our social media. We are not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not liberals. We're not conservatives. We are realists and we're always telling it like it is. Celebrity.